Listening to that music makes me feel like I should be on a canoe trip. But um, <laughs> anyway, just kidding. Dr. Ray, I, want to, um, I just want to encourage you, do not skip your t- devotional time on Tuesday morning. Instead, let's just cancel our 8.30 stand-up meeting, and we'll let you have that time to do your devotions. And... Uh, can I get an amen from the staff? Um, anyway, so, but I, I'm, just, I'm just giving you a hard time. Well, welcome back, and we are concluding our series on selfie, and uh, we're excited about that. And let me just tell you this, and I think we may have some pictures. We got an overwhelming response of some of you who posted to social media your selfie with the hashtag of like it, and so we're very grateful. You see some of those up there, and um, we're just very grateful that so many people chose to participate and be a part of that. And I want to encourage you to keep doing that and keep posting some of you who see yourself up there, and um, and so there, I'm up there twice, once from first service and once from second service. Um, we're going to do that every week so we can keep track of who's here and who's not, um, and so... But, uh, but no, in, in all seriousness, thanks for being a part of this social experiment. And uh, we're actually going to ask you to continue it today and to do something a little different as we talk about um, our, our topic for today as we continue with selfie. Well, as I said last week, I'm by no means any kind of expert on social media. And so we have brought in a um, social media queen and um, princess. And we were going to get a tiara for her, but we did, it didn't work out. Um, but I want to invite Jackie um, to come out. And just so you get to know her a little bit more, um, I want you to watch this video clip as she's making her way out here. Drumming up attention worldwide, the artistic passion for one Palm Beach Gardens woman is turning her into an internet-fueled sensation. Evan Axelbank reports. You can see it, hear it, feel it. Jacqueline Cassell can play. Long before she rocked local night spots at church, she was a Palm Beach Gardens 12-year-old with an annoying habit, at least to her neighbors. I played on, like, pots and pans in the garage. Maybe to her mom, too. For one Christmas, she got me a $10 toy drum set. She thought I was joking. Now this American University student has a following on the biggest channel in the world. She does drum covers where she dubs her own drums in over popular songs. Sometimes she also plays guitar. When people go on the internet, they want to see something different. 10,000 views here, 100,000 views there, and a million views on one of them. My roommate, I remember her coming into my room, my dorm room last year, and she said, Jacqueline, your video almost has a million views. And I was like, stop. Like, I thought she was joking. But the internet isn't always fun or funny. You're not good enough to play because you're a girl. You really don't know what you're doing. You're never going to get anywhere. Well, she's been endorsed by a drum company that now provides her sticks and drums. A few critics aren't going to stop her. If I can do this as a career, great. But for now, if someone says, I watched your videos today, it made my day so much better, that's really like what I'm looking for. One beat and one video at a time. In Palm Beach Gardens, Evan Axelbank, WPTV News Channel 5. That's nice, nice. We, we use the term rock star a lot around here, but she literally is a rock star. It's, it's really cool, and we're just glad that she's here. Unfortunately, she's got to go back to school and, um, and finish up at American up in D.C., and so we're, she's going to be out for a little bit, but uh, we're glad that you're here the last couple weeks, and we really appreciate your expertise last week and helping us. Um, but your challenge, you know, this week is a little, a little bigger than what last week's was. Last week, you were telling us what a selfie was. This week, you're going to um, 
trying to think of the appropriate verb. You're going to help Dr. Ray um, take a selfie and, and learn how to do that. And so I'm going to invite Dr. Ray to come on down here as you come. Um, do you have your flip phone or do you have a, a smartphone? I, don't, I just, do you have a phone? I'm a phone right here. You, no, you don't have a watch phone. <laughs> All right, so you have an iPhone. All right, so at this point, Dr. Ray, I'm going to put you in the hands of Jackie, and she's going to teach you how to take a selfie, how to do it, what's the best way to do it, and um, if we get really aggressive, maybe at some point we'll, we'll, we'll post it. But for now, we're just going to work on what makes a good selfie. And remember, remember, Jackie, this is for all of us, but we're really trying to help Dr. Ray have a social presence here. So, Okay. Well, first up, do you know how to use the camera on your phone? Yes. Turn on the camera. Yeah, right here. I can. Yeah, go right there. Right? No? Yep, yeah. Yep. It bounces. Okay. So now you're facing this way. So you want to face towards you. You know, no, like the camera, face fronting camera. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Great. Perfect. Good. Look at that. Okay. Perfect. Actually, hold on. I need. We're gonna take a selfie. I'm a little bit. <laughs> you height challenged. Are we gonna take it this way? I was joking. Or with them in the background? Or? You tell me. You're the boss. You're you took your shoes off. You play drums without the shoes, I guess. Is that what it is? You're going to hit that button right there. Okay. The, right now? Right when? The, are we going to get in the I'm chair? Or what are we doing? There we go. Okay. okay. All, right. All right. Oh, we're both in the self selfie. All right. Ready? You can pass as a daughter. All right. One. And I push this button right here. Yep. Okay. One. Though I thought you can't. You don't want to do that angle, though, you said, right? No, Last week? Okay. No, no. All right. One, <laughs> two, three. I'm smiling too much. Right. Wait a second. Okay. You got to press the button. Okay, you ready? One. I'm okay. a perfectionist. I got it. Let's do another one. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Either my face is too big or yours is. I can't get far enough away. You ready? There we go. Looks great. Oh, all right, good deal. All right, perfect. Is that it? That, that's it. That's it. I can handle it. And that. now we're going we're gonna to get you to post it. So. Post it. And I, and I took a selfie of you taking a selfie. What's that? How do we turn no, it no, off? No, no. Oh, how do you turn the camera off? There you go. You'll be taking pictures of your pocket all morning long. I'm not sure what you just did. Oh, look. Did. <laughs> just, okay. Yeah, Good there deal. you go. All just. Right. All right. Good job. Thank you, Jackie. And uh, don't forget to check out Jackie on YouTube, JackieCast1. You can find her on the internet. She's got a lot of social media stuff going on, blogs um, and uh, Instagram and Twitter, and she's, she's all over the place. So I want to encourage you to go check her out and support her. But um, So here's the thing, is, is now that you've taken a selfie and now that you know how to do that, and some of you may have posted it, um, there, there's, there's another step to this whole process. Maybe like in the first picture, Dr. Ray, he didn't like it, and so he chose to take another one. But maybe you like the picture, but you just wanted to add a little pop to it. Now, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but there's a thing that you can do, and it's called filtering a photo. And I think we've got a picture up there with some filters. And Instagram kind of popularized this with the ability to take a photo and to add a filter. And, and on the left there, you see the original picture in the upper left-hand corner. And then you can add these different filters, which are really funny because we work so hard to get HD and to get top quality and to do all this stuff, and then you throw a 1970s, you know, grainy filter on it, and everybody's like, oh, that's really cool. We'll just pull out a Polaroid picture, and, and it'd be the same thing. But anyway, so if you look in the upper right, you see a picture of, of, of a young woman who took a picture and then added a filter on it. Now, the first picture isn't bad, but the second picture just kind of adds a little bit of a different artistic feel to it. And, um, and because of the popularity of everything that Instagram had done, then you see there in the middle at the bottom, 
that the new iOS on iPhones actually gives you the opportunity straight from the photo that you take to put your own filter on it. And so actually there at the end when you had, when you had pressed a couple of things and Jackie didn't know where you were, you had actually brought up the filters. So you could take that picture and now add a filter to it. You see, the first picture was good. The first picture is great, but sometimes you just want to add a little bit to it. Maybe if you've seen on Facebook or you've seen on Instagram, somebody will actually hashtag no filter. And you know, they do it of a sunset or a sunrise and it's just this beautiful picture. They want you to know that they've not doctored the picture. So if they don't put no filter on it, there's, there's a good chance that they have actually filtered the picture and they've added something to it. They've tried to make it a little bit better than it was. Not that they didn't like it to start with, but they just wanted to add something. So as last week, we talked about like it. Last week, we talked about learning to like who you are and the fact that that impacts every relationship you have, and it impacts your view and your perspective on who God is because we're made in the image of God. Last week, we encouraged you to to post a photo and to put like it on it, but even as much as you like it, maybe you fell in love with yourself all over again this week, and you've just decided, I like who I am, I'm in love with who I am, I am comfortable in my own skin, even with that being the case. There are still opportunities for growth and for improvement. There are still opportunities to take wherever we are, as comfortable as we are in our own skin, but to grow and to improve and to make this year even better than last year. A pastor um, that that once mentored me said, said this comment about God's love for me. He said, you know, God loves you just the way you are, but he loves you too much to keep you that way. You see, God wants to constantly grow us and shape us and mold us to be all that he desires for our own growth and our own development. That's what New Year's resolutions are really all about. When you think about it, you set off the year, you're not satisfied with a particular area or a particular thing about yourself. And so you say, this year I'm going to do A, B, and C. And we set out making New Year's resolutions. Recently, a study came out that 92% of those resolutions fail. You know, last week we had one person who who met their New Year's resolution from 2013. Um, But 92% of people who set resolutions find themselves not fulfilling that New Year's resolution. Now, why is that? Why do you think that is? Is it a lack of discipline? Is it a lack of real desire that you really don't want to make that change? Is it possible that there are, you know, extenuating circumstances, outside forces that caused us to not be able to live up to that? Or is it possible with some of them, we, we don't necessarily see the full value of making change? Maybe we don't realize and understand that some of the changes we may need to make are actually tied to something outside of ourselves. Maybe it has something to do with something spiritual. Now, you may sit there and you may think, well, the, 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 the resolution that I have doesn't have anything to connect with, um, with anything spiritual. But hopefully today, we're going to see that that may not be the case. That in fact, a lot of times, the changes and improvements we want to make find themselves in a biblical foundation. If you have a copy of a Bible or a tablet or on your phone, whatever it may be, I want to encourage you to turn out, um, to, to pull it out and to turn to the gospel according to Luke. The gospel according to Luke. And uh, Luke chapter 2 specifically is where we're going to be. And Luke chapter 2 is most commonly the story of the birth of Christ. And in the story of the birth of Christ, we see, you know, kind of the whole Christmas story about the angels and the shepherds and and how everybody came. And Luke chapter 2 goes on to tell the story of Jesus in the temple. And really, it's the only story we have from his birth to when he was an adult, from 
from the day he was born until age 30, we really only have this one story in Luke chapter 2. And at the end of the story in Luke chapter 2, Dr. Luke records something significant for us in verse 52. In Luke chapter 2 and verse 52, notice what it says about Jesus. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Jesus increased in three specific areas. Now, we have to understand and realize this, that Jesus is fully God and fully man at the same time. I don't know how that works, but it does. And so God, sending his son, Jesus, fully God, lived and walked among us. And because he was God, he never sinned. He never made a mistake. He never screwed up. He never had regret. He never had the types of things that you and I experience every single day because he was and is perfect. And yet, as perfect as he is, the scriptures record that he still found a way to grow in three different areas. It's amazing to think that the only man who ever lived a perfect life still found a need to grow in specific areas. And as you look at the word increased, it means that he grew continually, ongoing. It wasn't just a, you know, a, a spurt here and a spurt there, but it was a continual ongoing type of thing. You see, as we look at making this the best year ever, as we look at making 2014 um, the, the, the best that we've ever had, we need to learn to like it like we did last week, like who we are, but we also need to learn to filter it. We need to be able to take that which we like and add a little pop to it. We need to grow it. We need to enhance it and make it a little more mature. Wherever we are in our journey, we can all find area for personal growth just like Jesus himself grew in three specific areas. This year, as we start the year, I want to focus just on those three areas that we see Jesus grew in, the area of wisdom, the area of stature, and the area of favor. The first area, when it says that he increased in wisdom, the Greek word there is the word Sophia, which really means knowledge. A lot of times we make a big difference between knowledge and wisdom, where knowledge is facts and data, and wisdom is the application and knowing how to use it. But the reality is, is that the Greek word means knowledge. Sophia equals knowledge. We get the word philosophy from the root word Sophia. And so as you look at this, you begin to understand and realize that Jesus grew in his knowledge. Crazy to think that God actually grew up learning, took time to improve his mind. And see, that's the first conclusion we make as we look at this, is we need to continually improve our minds. It would have been easy for Jesus to say, you know, he's sitting there in his little Sunday school class and, and doing that whole thing, and he goes, look, I wrote the book. You don't need to teach me. But he didn't. He continually grew his mind. He was continually open to learning and to, to, to becoming all that he needed to be so that at the right moment we could find him to be our long-promised Savior. So Jesus continually grew in his mind. We need to do the same. We need to continually be working on that area of wisdom, continually stretching our knowledge. The second thing we see, and this one's a little more obvious, the second thing we see is that Jesus increased in stature. And stature really means the physical body. It means that Jesus grew physically. That's obvious, right? I mean, you start as a baby, and he doesn't stay as that little eight-pound, four-ounce baby his whole life, right? He eventually grew up, became a young boy, and then became a man. So Jesus grew in his physical stature. He's growing physically. For us, what does that mean? That means that we need to continually improve our physical bodies, 
Now, I had thought about putting in there, we need to continually grow our physical bodies, but that's not really, I don't think, what he meant. We're going to look at, as much as I've tried, I don't think that's what he meant. We're going to be looking at continually improving our physical bodies. We need to be doing and following the example of Christ. And then the last thing that we see, we see that Jesus increased in favor. And he increased in favor with both God and Man, we see that Jesus worked on his relationships. The, the, the Greek word there for favor is the word charis, C-H-A-R-I-S, and it means grace. We get the word charity from it. Sometimes we use the word love. But what it means is that he grew in grace. That means that he grew in his ability to relate to God and to relate with others. It's interesting that Jesus as God, but the Son, grew in his relationship with God, his own Father. Constantly working on that type of relationship. And he also grew in his relationships with other people. That which people thought of him and that in which he interacted with people. He grew in those areas. Continually ongoing, increased in his favor. That means that we can learn from that. We need to continually improve our relationships. Continually improve our relationships. You see, it's, it's easy. And I've seen this a lot. When, 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 when two people come together and they say, you know what, we're going to get married. And they get married and they have the wedding and they put all of their eggs into the wedding basket and they forget about the marriage that starts after that. And they think, well, we're married. We don't need to work on our relationship anymore. Oh, son, you have just started. <laughs> nothing is easier than saying I love you and nothing is harder than living it out day by day. So the next day is when the work really begins. That's when you really work on the relationship. Because let's be honest, none of us are 100%, 100 um, fully committed, honest, open, you know, everything before the wedding, right? I ate squash casserole before I got married. I haven't touched it since, okay? I didn't like it when I ate it before, but I wanted to get married. Okay? So, so none of us are like that, right? We put our best foot forward all the time, but we still have to work on our relationships, and we need to do the same in working on our relationships with each other as well. So the bulk of my time this morning is going to be spent in the area of application. How do we take these three areas? How do we take the area of wisdom? How do we take the area of stature and favor, and how do we grow? How do we continually improve? I want to start with the area of wisdom. And talking about the fact that we need to continually improve our minds means that we're focusing on mentally, the ways in which we can grow mentally. And this is important. This is a really critical part. A lot of people think that when you come to faith in Christ or that when you have faith, you can throw all intellect out the window. That's wrong. Because let me tell you this, the more you learn, the more you grow, the stronger your mind becomes, the more you realize that God is exactly who he says he is. That the faith that you have is backed up by intellect. And the reality is, is you don't throw intellect out the window when you come to faith. It just grows more. The Apostle Paul understood this and gives us two verses that are important. The first one we see up there is Romans chapter 12. In Romans chapter 12, he says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And to a letter in the church at Philippi, he wrote these words. He said, whatever, in Philippians chapter 4, 
He said, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, lovely, commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Paul says, renew your mind and think on these things. Think on the things that are important. Think on the things that give value. Think on the things that give energy to your life, not on the things that drain it from you. So Paul was a big advocate of using your mind and making sure that your mind is strong. So what's the application for today? The application for today is this. Read. Read. Some of you may hate reading. I understand. It's not my favorite thing to do in the world. It's much easier for me to turn on TV than it is to read. And most big books, I look to see if there's a movie out first before I try to read the book. But I I have learned that reading helps me be better. It helps me be a better friend. It helps me be a better husband. It helps me be a better father. Helps me be a better employee. Helps me hopefully be a better leader. Reading helps me become better. I'll tell you, personally, this year, I have a goal to fill this basket with books that I've read. Okay? Now, you may say, well, that seems pretty aggressive. Well... It is aggressive, but hopefully I'll accomplish it. The reality is, is if I don't have a goal, what, what is it they say? If you, don't, if you don't have something to aim for, you'll hit it every time. I have a goal. I have something I'm shooting for. And my goal is to be able to fill this, and I think it's going to take probably about 18 to 20 books in order to fill this up. The great thing is I have 16 books on my desk right now in my queue to read. So I, I've already picked out most of the books. I just now have to actually read, Okay. But my goal is to fill this basket up. Um, A guy I follow on Twitter, his name's John Acuff, and he said, clear a space on a shelf in your house, in your office, or wherever it may be, and take a picture of that shelf. Make it empty and take a picture of that shelf. Post that picture somewhere, and your goal by the end of the year is to fill that shelf with books that you've read. I don't have room on my shelves, so I'm choosing to use a basket. And my goal is to fill that basket. Where do you start? Well, you can start by reading biography learning from other people and their mistakes. Read fiction. I encourage you to read fiction. It it improves your creativity and your imagination. Read leadership books so you know how to serve others better and be be um, a better employee and a better leader in your business and and, and in your schools. Different things about, um, you know, a spiritual discipline. Pick something out that is of interest to you, but read And that way you're renewing your mind and you're putting in those things that are lovely and those things that are pure and those things that are honorable, those things that are excellent. And you begin to think on those things. That's one way this year in which we can grow and increase in our wisdom. The second thing is stature. We're talking about what we can do physically. Now, I understand the irony of me talking about you taking care of your body. I get that, okay? And let me just tell you, It's a spiritual issue for me. It's not one that I find easy, but until I came to the reality of understanding that it's a spiritual issue, nothing ever happened and nothing ever changed. The Apostle Paul, again, gives us words of wisdom in 1 Corinthians, a letter that he wrote to the church at Corinth. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, he says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price, So glorify God in your body. I have not done that. I admit that. I confess that. I'm not proud of that. 
Just like most of us aren't proud of the sins we've committed in our lives. Just like most of us probably wouldn't take time to post them up and say, hey, look at me and the, and, and the dumb things I've done. I'm not proud of it. But I've gotten to the place where I understand and realize that this was bought with a price by Christ. And I have a responsibility to honor it, to take care of it. Just like you would a physical temple, just like you would a physical building. Not only do you maintain it, but you also work to make it better. So I'm in the process of trying to do that. I've got a membership at Planet Fitness, and I go, because those are two separate things, right? You know, those are two very different things. I heard this the other day, January 2nd is Black Friday for gym memberships, you know? But the reality is this, is that, that I'm working on it. It's a work in progress. There are two things that we can do to help our bodies be better, to improve. The first thing is, is that we can eat well to eat the right things in the right quantities. A lot of us will find something, you know, it's good to eat this. Yeah, but we just eat too much of it. It's, it's not good to eat some things, and so we can get rid of those things. The second thing we can do to help our bodies is to move well, to move well. If any of you have a smartphone and you have an app store, um, I use a program called Lose It which is an app that, that allows you to record kind of um, what you take in and what you watch when you're doing that, but it also gives you an opportunity to keep track of what you exert when you go to work out. And there are different things that we can do to make that happen. My goal for this year, now understand this is the, the reading basket, but my goal for this year is to be able to wear these again at some point. I'm sure some of us have clothes in our closet that, that we hold on to with the hope that one day, I will wear them again, but we just never get there. My goal is to be able to do that one day. Now, I don't have the unrealistic goal, and if you're a medical professional, um, I greatly respect you, but I don't know who put those charts together that said your ideal weight for your height is. Because I hit that weight in the third grade, okay? <laughs> but I will say this, is, is that I'm working to get to a place where I feel healthy, where I feel comfortable, where I know that my girls are going to have a daddy for a long time. And that's where I want to be. Not for them as much as because I understand that I have a responsibility to take care of the temple that God has given me. The fact that God has indwelt me, I have a responsibility. So if I get to a place where I can put those on, I'm going to feel a whole lot better. Now, that doesn't mean I need to stop. It doesn't mean I give up. But it means that I continually grow in this area. And the third thing. We need to continually grow in favor, continually increase in favor. And this is we're talking about relationally, being able to grow in our relationships with one another. And the wisest man who ever lived, King Solomon, gave us some clear advice for how we can grow in finding favor with man. In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 3 through 4, he says, Do not let steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. It's interesting throughout the entire scriptures, throughout the entire book that God has given us, there's only two places where we find finding favor with both God and man in the same verse. Luke chapter 2 and verse 52, which we read earlier about Jesus, and here we find it in Proverbs. To grow in favor with both God and man requires us to live our lives with two key characteristics. And Solomon gave them to us. The first one he said is kindness. 
He says, love one another. Be kind. Have you ever found out how much easier the relationships are in your life when you're just a kind person? It diffuses so much tension and so much um, possibility for things that can go wrong. It just allows relationships to be smoother. And the second thing is integrity. The second thing is integrity. It's a lot easier to cover up a lie when you tell the truth. You know, if you tell one lie, you usually have to tell another one to cover it and then another one to cover it. And at some point, you know, you remember what the first one was. But when you walk with integrity, you don't have to worry about that. You are who you are and you've said what you've said and you've done what you've done. You're just a person of character and integrity. And think about the favor that you would gain with others. They may not like you and they may not want to be around you, but they can at least say they're kind and they are who they are. They are genuine and authentic. But you've been living your life with kindness and integrity. And as we do those things, I believe we will gain favor with man and with God. So that's how we can continually increase in favor. That's how we can grow relationally. If there's one main thing I want you to walk away with today, it's this. And the first half of it you got last week, selfie, like it. The second two that are up there are filter it and WIP. Filter it and WIP. Filter it, we talked about. You have a picture and you put a filter on it and you kind of cover it up a little bit and you kind of make it pop and you make it look a little bit better. Just like you get to a place where you like who you are, the selfie that you are, you get to a place where you like it, but then you add a filter to it to make it just a little bit more, seeking to continually improve. The second hashtag on there, WIP. Um, in, I remember in college, we had a, a, a business management class. It was production ops. And in that class, I learned a phrase, WIP, work in progress. Work in progress. We are all a work in progress. It's how you do inventory control for business. You don't have, you don't have the, the parts in inventory anymore because they're already going toward your product, but you don't have a finished product, so you can't count it in that inventory. So it's a WIP. It's a work in progress. Look, God started us a long time ago, but he's not done with us yet because we're still here. So we are a work in progress. I like it. I'm working on it, but I'm still in progress. I've not arrived. The Apostle Paul gives us great wisdom and insight into this, especially as we think about putting 2013 behind us and looking forward to 2014. Notice what Paul says in the book of Philippians. Not that I have already obtained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus had made, has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. Paul says, look, I'm not done yet. I'm working on it. I'm trying, but I do know this. I can put what's behind me behind me, and I can press on to what lies ahead. We're all a work in progress, and we all need continuous improvement. Jesus gave us the prime example. He says, Luke tells us that Jesus grew in three areas of our lives. And I believe that if we take the, the commitment and to see these things as spiritual things, not just personal improvement, not just, you know, I want to be a better me. But if we look at them as spiritual issues, we'll be able to grow and improve and make 2014 the best year ever. As we learn to grow with our minds, take care and grow in our physical bodies, but also to work on our relationships and make them the best they've ever been. 
Would you be willing to ask God to help us to do that this morning? Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes as we, as we close our time in prayer this morning? Maybe you're here this morning and, and you've never placed your faith in Christ. And I just want to encourage you and challenge you that you'll never experience the full life that God has for you apart from a relationship with him. He loves you very, very much. He loves you so much that he sent his own son to die in your place because of the sin in our lives. We deserved that punishment, but he took it away. And the Bible says, and, and Jesus tells us that if we believe that we can have eternal life. So just, I want to encourage you to consider the claims of Christ, that he is who he says he is and that he's done what he says he's done, that he died in your place, that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you can have a relationship with him. And that relationship will allow you to have the best year ever and the best life ever. Maybe you're here today and you're looking for ways to improve in this upcoming year. And you've heard a couple of things here and you just want to say, you know what, I can do that, I can do that, I can do this. I want to encourage you to ask God to help you because it will not be easy. Anytime you set out to do something to better yourself for God's honor and God's glory, there's going to be an effort to derail you. So ask God to help you. Heavenly Father, God, Lord, I pray that as we seek to make this year the best, that we would honor you with our bodies, with our minds, Lord, that we would seek to grow our relationships. Lord, as we do that, that it would be for your glory. God, I pray that you'd help us to do these things. Help us to set goals and help us to achieve them. God, help us to just continually follow the model and the example that you gave us. Even as we sang earlier, Lord, the, the invitation exists for us to follow you. And we've seen the example of who you are. Lord, now help us to follow. Lord, give us all these things that we ask in your name. Amen. If you would pull out your comment card again. We have some next steps. We want to kind of give you an opportunity to make immediate application of some of the things we talked about and to let us know how we can encourage you. About two-thirds of the way down there, it says, my next steps to grow spiritually. And the first one on there, I commit to making 2014 the best year ever by putting my faith in Jesus Christ and picking up my gift bag. If you this morning have prayed to ask Christ um, to come into your life and you've placed your faith in him, uh, we want to know that because we want to put some tools in your hand and put some resources in your hand. And when the offering basket is passed, if you would just check that box and place that card in there um, and, and then go to the information kiosk in the lobby and say, hey, look, I checked that box. We have a gift bag we want to give you that has some tools and some resources to help you get started on that journey. The second thing on there says, I commit to making the 2014 the best year ever. Um, and then there are the three things we talked about by reading more. We don't, I'm not setting a goal for you just by saying reading more. Uh, maybe you don't read at all, and you can read one little magazine, and you're good to go. You can check it off today. Uh, but just reading more. The second thing is to take care of your body, whatever that looks like for you, to make sure that you're healthier this year than you were last year. And then the last thing is you commit to uh, making this year the best ever by growing in your relationships and by doing that, by walking in integrity and being kind to one another. And if you would just check those off as commitments um, so that we can encourage you, so that we can pray for you. And then again, when the offering basket is passed, if you would just drop those cards in there so we can know how to encourage you and be praying for you. Um, so th those are some next steps for you. Um, at this time, we're going to take up our, our offering, and I want to invite our ushers to come forward as we prepare to do that. 
And um, as they're coming forward, I do just want to remind you about our Christmas offering being extended um, through the end of this uh, month, and we just want to give you an opportunity to continue to give to the area of um, providing scholarships for our Discovery Land Preschool for families that can't do that. Um, we also want to continue to meet the needs of those in our community care. Um, I got probably about three or four calls just this week from people in our community who need help um, because of the season and everything that's going on. And then finally, we want to be able to, to kind of redo our student ministry as we look forward to, to really having an impact in that area. And that's what our Christmas offering is going for, for those three areas. And so um, please be faithful in the area of giving as we start off the new year. Uh, would you join with me as we pray? Heavenly Father, God, Lord, thank you for all that you've given us. God, help us to be um, givers filled with joy Lord, I pray that as we, um, as we do that, that you would be honored and glorified. And God, I pray that you would just use this offering, that you would multiply it and make a difference in our community. And we ask all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.